When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member of that site, you're absolutely missing out. we got wall-to-wall coverage of Auburn's Junior Day, of Auburn's football commitments, of Auburn basketball commitments. We were there today. Goal was to interview the coaches, Hugh Freeze, a lot of the assistants. And we've got all the coverage there at Auburn Live on 3. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to get more in-depth. Keith and I touched on a couple of things recruiting-wise this, earlier this week on Inside the 20. Uh, and we are, and, before, and to help me discuss it all, Mr. Keith Niebuhr, Mr. Cole Pinkston, Mr. J-Head. How about you, fellas? How about, How about you, brother? Mm. How about you, everybody? How about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive in, but before we do, I know everybody out there is looking for a home in or around Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, Alabama. If you are, look no further for some help. Jessica Andrus with EXP Realty. Three three four seven zero four 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 two. I'm usually looking at the number on the ad, but I can't see it. <laughs> so I'm having to remember it. Good thing I know it by heart. Hey, she does uh, residential investment properties. Give her a call. Tell her we sent you. Jessica Andrews, 334-704-4442. She is a five-star realtor. Speaking of stars, Auburn picked up three in all total to this week as far as commitments goes. They had one basketball uh, commitment in Tahad Pettiford, the number four point guard in the country in the 2024 class. Auburn also added Two football commitments, two in-state four-star commitments in Jaden Lewis, DB from Anniston, as well as Malik mm-hmm. Autry, the defensive lineman from Opelika. That all happened on Wednesdays, which is was signing day. Uh, other than the commitments, Auburn added the officially added uh, Jeremiah Cobb, the four-star running back from Montgomery, to to the 2023 class. Oh, it was a big day. Jay Head was a little slow as far as breaking news goes, as far as the 2023 class. Keith and I have given our thoughts on the day. Jay, here, jump in here. What do you think about Wednesday? So just really big in general. We talked about this with staying current, you know what I mean, in the actual news cycle, okay? Could this coaching staff utilize the media to keep the constant buzz that they need to stay fresh in the mind of high school recruits? Well, you have a massive junior day where you have over 200 prospects there in attendance. Now you come back on National Signing Day, guess what? You're only going to have one signing. So you start working on your 2024 class and you pick up a big commitment with an in-state cornerback, top 250 player in the country, very needed player because you're going to have a lot of turnover in the secondary come this after this season. And in addition to that, you add a freak show 2025 defensive Mm -hmm. lineman that could play anywhere across the defensive line at this point. You're talking about five, three, one, zero. He could play at all as far as that's concerned in the four eyes or the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle. Just big pickups. And then you talk Bruce Pearl. He just said, hey, Hugh, hold my beer. And he goes out and has a top 30 player in the country in Tahoe Pettiford. So really big day for Auburn in general. And then you cap that off with a basketball victory that night versus Georgia, which is always great to see. And you've got news coming this coming Friday with another top 30 prospect in the country and potential five-star in the Baron Finland. So massive week for Auburn on the news front. Bruce and Hugh working together to keep Auburn relevant in the news cycle. It's what you love to see, and it's what Auburn needs to do 
to make sure that we're constantly on the forefront of every recruit's mind. Cole. Yeah, huge, huge couple of weeks there. Uh, obviously, yesterday was big. You got yeah, you a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not just yesterday or I mean, all these all these uh, visits visitors they had on campus, two hundred kids at one time. You know, the next day was maybe even better with with the smaller group and and all good prospects. And the week before that, and the week before that, you had Alvin Henderson, Ryan Williams, two yes, studs there, Perry Thompson. Yeah, Perry Thompson. I mean, look, they've done a great job in such a short time. There's no doubt about it, getting guys on campus. they Just landing some of these guys. Landing some of these guys was amazing. And and, and I think Hugh Freeze said today in the press conference, look, you know, I've never been in a situation like this where we didn't have any linemen. We didn't have any offensive linemen. He was just (laughs) straight up about it. I mean, he said we got eight guys, and I still don't know if that's enough. I still don't know if that's enough. It, it's so, not. I've never seen anything like this, and it's, this is unfortunately I haven't gotten to spend any time with my team and get to know my players because I've had to uh, structure this roster enough for us to to uh, be able to you know ha- have a chance next year. Hey so, Keith, uh, I wanted to check. In. I'm sorry, Cole. Would you no, want to finish? They've that's just that's they've done everything they can do at this point, in my opinion. I, I, I'm curious to see Keith. You at the Tampa River Walk? I'm on the campus of the University of Tampa right now, which, by the way, can I throw in just one tidbit before we get going? Yeah. Always. Well, the University, University of Tampa no longer has football. When the, before the Bucks came to town, this was the football program down here. There was no USF. There was University of Tampa. Head coach back then was a guy named Earl Bruce, who later became the head coach of Ohio State. But they actually had – check this out, guys. They had the University of Tampa, amazing campus behind me. Look at this. Look at this building behind me here. Back there, you can see the, the Spanish dollars. Oh. The University of Tampa had a player go number one in the draft 50 some, about 50 years ago. Number one in the draft. You know who it was? You ever seen the movie The Goonies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember The Sloth? Yeah. I thought you were going to talk guy, about Chunk. The guy that played The Sloth was a guy named John oh, Matuzak. Yeah, hey, the you Twos. That's yeah. right. John Matuzak, number one draft pick. Uh, 1971, 72, right in their play here. But anyway, uh, yeah, yesterday, amazing day for Auburn. They needed something like that. Yeah, you know who else needed it? The fans. Remember we talked in the fall? We really wanted the president to pull the plug. It wasn't anything personal on Brian Harson. It was just, man, the fans, the Auburn fans have just been beaten down with loss after loss and humiliations and, and no recruits. And, uh, you know, and they wanted some good news. And yesterday, you know, what happened at the end of the day, guys, we looked back at the message boards, and there were just all these posts. Guys, I haven't had a day like this in forever. Remember when there used to be days like this a lot? And, yeah. uh, and obviously obviously, Bruce Pearl has held up his end of the bargain for the last better part of the last decade. But the football program in recent years hadn't had a lot of wins, you know, and I mean a lot of big wins. So you got a couple big wins yesterday. Malik Autry, you know, LSU offer, and, and we think these are teams he probably could commit to because he's that right. talented uh, Georgia. Georgia is in a place right now, they don't really, they can be so selective. They can wait mm-hmm. and offer and kids don't even get mad at them. They can do what Clemson does and wait and wait and wait. Nobody's going to get mad at them. Right. Well, they offered Malik Autry as a sophomore. So, I mean, these are significant wins. This is what you need more and more of them. And you saw it on signing day in December. You know, Keldrick Fox, you beat out 10 on FSU for him. Kay and Lee, uh, you, you flipped him, by the way. Kay and Lee, the cornerback. You flipped him from Ohio State, which was 
getting ready to play in the playoff. So these types of days, when in two months, and then the, the uh, transfer portal wins. Dylan Wade picked Auburn over Southern Cal. So we've yeah. seen more. We've seen more of these types of days in the last two months than we've seen in the previous three years. I'd say. Right. Right. Even even toward the end, Gus was. Yeah. Look, Gus knows how to recruit. You know, Jeff and I are actually pretty good fans of his, but, you know, but they weren't beating out Alabama's and Georgia's anymore. They're beating out Arkansas and, and NC State. And so now you're starting to see it again. This is, this was like those first couple of years with Gus where they were winning. They were winning recruiting battles. Hey, Bruce is going to get his. But the football program finally is starting to win some battles. You're not going to win them all. You're not going to win them all, especially when you're going after the top flight guys. But they're winning enough where you should be excited. Absolutely, man. You know, Cole got a little bit of insight today. Uh, we were recording this on Thursday, by the way, for all you listening and watching. We were recording this on Thursday. Uh, Cole went uh, up, up to the university today, sat in with uh, on a lot of interviews with assistant coaches. Hugh Freeze also spoke. Cole, what were some of the things you took away from that uh, from the day? Well, to build off of what Keith is saying right there, and, and how you know this staff sort of finished uh, before signing day, only had a couple weeks to do it. It's really impressive. Uh, I, I think one of the reporters, it wasn't me who asked it, but somebody asked Coach Jeremy Garrett today, the defensive line coach, what is it exactly that makes Hugh Freeze? Because, you, you know, Jeremy Garrett's been with him for a little while over there at Liberty. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes him such a good closer in recruiting? And I think his answer was something along the lines of, well, you know, NIL, all this stuff is very important in recruiting these days. you got to have it. But at some point when NIL is the same at every school, relationships still went out and he's just awesome when he gets some uh, a family in his office or when he's in home with a guy he's just awesome he just knows what to say he he can relate to those people and he can get he can get them to buy in in that one meeting Hmm. and that's how he's doing it and that's what coach Garrett said something along those lines I'm paraphrasing but that was a big takeaway for me I thought that was interesting that's a guy who's been coaching with him for a little while um you know, uh, Jeremy Garrett, just a long, another thing that I learned from him, you know, I asked him at Liberty in, in the last year, you had a top five team in sacks. You had a top five team in tackles for loss. You know, what went into that? How did you do that? And he goes, man, um, I mean, our players were good. They weren't better than everybody else's necessarily. We had good players. They just bought in, you know, it, and it all started with recruiting. They bought in the day that Hugh Freeze met them in their home and got them to come play for Liberty. That's where it started. And he just kind of brought it full circle. It all has to do with recruiting in the end. Uh, it's amazing. Again, I go back to what Keith said. It's amazing how much better you look as a coach when you have good players. It's, it's a lot. You're, you're a lot better when the four and five stars buy in as opposed to the two and three stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, you, you, you talked to Hugh Freeze. You talked to Josh Aldridge, Jake Thornton, Cadillac, Marcus yeah. Davis, Jeremy Garrett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, did you walk away from any table going, damn? Um, yeah, you know what? Probably Josh Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Man, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. We give him a lot of credit, and I, and I want to give the same credit to Jake Thornton because uh, maybe I just relate to him because he had on jeans and boots, and that's just you know that's just me. <laughs> but and he's a younger guy too, and I can relate to that. We're like the same age, so. Yeah, I, I, starting with Aldridge, though, to me, man, he's just got 
he's got a very serious tone about about when he talks about recruiting and he talks about the kind of guys he wants. He talked to me about Demario Tolan and, and Austin Keys, and he goes, first of all, Austin Keys is a grown man. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys played in the SEC. They didn't play, you know, at a smaller level. They played in the SEC and they played well in the SEC. He said we had to have that. We had to have it in the linebacking core. We had to have an uptick in in uh, ability to do everything that's asked of a linebacker. He said that guy can do this. Demario Tolan, the dude was playing as a freshman at LSU and kept expanding his role every single game. He said those guys are really going to change what we got on defense and. uh just his recruiting philosophy in general, you know, he's he's all about um, he's all about the 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 versatile linebackers. They got to be versatile. He said the problem with linebackers these days, their mind is on coverage. They got to cover, and some bigger guys are not used to that. And then they lack a lot when they're trying to make tackles inside the box. He said I have to make sure they still have the mentality to knock somebody's head off inside the box and be able to cover. And it needs to start in the box and not in coverage. He said it's kind of backwards right now. We got to flip that. Those those are a few things, and, and that's kind of off the subject of recruiting. But with Jake Thornton, he talked about Isaiah Miller and why he brought him over to Auburn, why he was a priority um, to get away from Ole Miss, where he had first gotten him, and to Auburn mm-hmm. because he said he's got one of the best um, you know skill sets I've seen for a guy that's six six, three hundred twenty pounds. And maybe he's not ready to play yet, but he's going to be ready soon. He's going to be one of the mm-hmm. best offensive linemen in the SEC before it's over with. He said, I really believe that. He said, I believe Connor Lou's the same way. Mm. He said, I believe Gunnar Britton is a guy that really? you know, we're, we're not sure if he's going to be a tackle or a guard. He could play a lot. We think he's he could be used in different places. And uh, that, I don't know. Well, that's I, don't interesting. Think done. Yeah. I don't think they're done yet either. I don't think they're no. done. Uh-uh. But it, it, I think – I think they've said as much. Yeah, yeah. Freeze was uh, – I think he was down at the Senior Bowl two days ago, and, and maybe Zach got this as well. But it sounds like he wants to add at least one more. Uh, that yeah. He likes to have 16 in the room. Presently they have 15. 15. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Who knows if they have any attrition. And most coaches are like that. They like to have 16 to 18 guys on the offensive line in a given room. That's just kind of – where you feel comfortable in case you have emergency or, or need depth or, you know, injuries happen throughout the season. So well, that, at least one more. Well, that Britain news, I didn't know that. Did you guys know that, that they were looking at him maybe you know, as a guard too? And I, that, that's what – but that speaks to what we've said before. Yeah. They're going to just try to find the five best guys and then mm-hmm. and then the three or four best backups. I mean, you know, you're not going to sit – look, their offensive line has been so average in recent years. They're not just going to – if a guy's one of the five best guys – they're not going to just have him sitting on the bench. They're going to figure out whether the other guys are, are multiple, flexible enough to play other positions. We've, we've all been saying that for weeks, that we thought that was probably the, the tap that they would take. And, yeah. and by the way, obviously Philip Montgomery had a lot to do with Dylan Wade, the, the mm-hmm. left tackle from from uh, Tulsa, who, who came over where he was the head coach. But Jake Thornton had a lot to do with this as well because uh, Ole Miss played Tulsa last year. And – some of the best – I think Ole Miss was top three or top four in the SEC in pass rushing defense. They had a lot of sacks. They had a lot of uh, – they were really good at pressures. He said that guy was as good as anybody we went Stone against. Him. He stopped mm-hmm. guys like uh, Tavian Robinson, I think is the guy's name. A couple of other guys. Austin and, Keys. And, yeah, Austin <laughs> Keys, yeah. But he was like, man, they just – I just I remember that guy 
from playing that in that game, going, man, 52. We're not getting any. We're not getting any leverage on that side of the of the formation. And then he said, he hit the portal. He goes, we got to have him. We got to have him. I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal Jeff Jeff's thunder here. Jeffrey might have something to say here, but I just want to know who they're going to be blocking for. Oh, God. Mm. Of course, that, that was that's a big what, topic. That was a big topic of discussion today. Was the quarterback position? Well, and, well good uh, for Hugh for for saying what he did, which was what Cole. Oh, look, yeah. he's not going to shy away from any question. I don't think because, of course, you know the whole pass thing got brought up again, and he answered it just like he always does, and. In the quarter, quarterback. Who, who's bringing that up? Seriously, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I do, but I'm not going to go into it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, <laughs> he's going to get asked tough, tough questions like that all the time. It's just going to happen, especially, mm-hmm. especially when you only have you have two scholarship quarterbacks. You have T.J. Finley, who nobody's really sure what he's going to do yet. You have Hank Brown coming in, who he brought from Liberty. There's just a couple. There's so many concerns with quarterback right now, and that's a big topic. And he was he was willing to answer it, and he said, you know, we looked at some guys in the first portal window, but we were just not all in. Liked a couple of guys, I think he admitted. Mm-hmm. And he also said, you know, we had something that didn't work out too. So it just happens that way. You have to you have to roll with the punches. And then he said, will we take another one in the? Will we take the quarterback in the second portal window? Maybe. And I have to see how it goes in spring first. Grayson McCall, Devin Leary, both guys that we're, we're fairly confident from talking to sources. And, of course, Devin Leary actually visited. But those those were the two guys on Hugh Freeze's hit list when it came to quarterbacks in the transfer portal back in the December window. And uh, be curious to see what happens after the spring. I, I can't imagine them not taking the quarterback. I'm sorry. No, I, I I'm with they, you. Uh, Jeffrey, I'm with you. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine it. I, I can't imagine the top three going into the, the to the season would be Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, T.J. Finley, and or Hank Brown. Or yeah, that's right. That's that's your four. That's your four scholarship me, quarterbacks. Me, right? uh, that's right. I know. I'm and Hank's not even lot. here yet. Right. Correct. Yeah, he's a summer guy. Uh, I know. I'm talking a lot. Let me throw this in there too. Um, you know, the question was asked sort of about quarterback development and how he's had success with that. He said. He's, it's not me. It's it's Ken Austin. He said I'm not I'm not the mechanics guy. I don't I don't show him the footwork. And he said that's Ken. I, I have I'm the big picture guy. I go I, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to execute it. Now Kent, you go and fix all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also have they also have a QB analyst too, Jesse Stone, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, that, like, here's what we're yeah, guys. We're talking about putting an emphasis on a quarterback position. And that now we haven't seen the rewards yet on the recruiting trail, but it is going to pay off. It is, you know, Walker Light, uh, who's going to announce, you know, Friday. Uh, it seems like he's trending toward Clemson, but but he did say something that I thought was pertinent to other quarterbacks looking at Auburn. He said, look at the offensive staff they put together that they're going to be working with quarterbacks: Hugh Freeze, Kent Austin, uh, Stone, Philip Montgomery. They're going to get people, guys. Yeah, they are. They're going to get people. Yeah, speaking of Walker White, he is announcing. Friday, uh, like he said, Auburn, uh, Clemson, and Baylor. Baylor are his final three. We uh, haven't heard a lot of buzz around Auburn. Uh, certainly heard a lot of buzz around Clemson. We believe Walker White would have, was the top, is the top target on the quarterback board in the 2024 class. They I have offered others. Jake Merklinger, uh, another guy. I think, but he's from Savannah. Yeah, Jake is. He is Savannah Day. 
you also have a kid that's committed to Texas Tech that they've offered. Um, it, let me think of his name here in just a second. Will Hammond, I think is the kid's name. That who's sounds a, right. Who's an outstanding quarterback. And then the young man who's committed to Ole Miss from Arizona, and he's a little bit of a smaller guy. I'm yeah. trying to think, is it Desmond Williams? Is that the kid's name? Yeah, I think that's right. Demon. Maybe Demond Williams. I got you right here, big dog. Go right for it. Go for it, brother. My guess is to go all in on the kid in Savannah at this point. I think. Uh, I think if, they if, they, if, if they don't land Walker, they're close. Hugh Freeze went to go see him uh, two weeks ago. It was it last week? Went to go visit him last week at his school. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people after that guy, too. Look, that's what you want. They're in dog fights for guys. Demond Williams. Uh, Demond Williams. So those are the four that they've offered at this point. If Walker White comes off the board and we feel that, and we know he's going to come off the board, the question is to who on Friday. We think that's Clemson. Obviously, then that leaves you three more unless they offer another quarterback, which is always on the table. Guys that potentially they could offer, I think, uh, Jakari Williams, who's currently committed to Georgia Tech, maybe somebody they take a look at. I believe that Hugh Freeze was by his school during the evaluation period. And then obviously the young man that, um, Everybody knows about an Air Nolan. I'm sure they could come back on him if they if they wanted to. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's another name that has circulated in the Auburn sphere that we obviously probably need to mention. But I think he's right, and the number one candidate right now that you would be competing with would be Tennessee for Jake Merkley and Merklinger. Um, they seem to be the other team involved in that battle, and that's one of those teams you got to beat. We talked about Clemson being a team you got to beat. Tennessee is also a team you got to beat. And there are other teams in contention for him as well. He's a big-time prospect with a big-time arm. Also has that dual threat ability, just like uh, Walker White. So another really good quarterback prospect. According to his own three profile, Jake Merklinger, the, the four-star quarterback from Savannah, visited Auburn uh, last summer. He returned in September, I believe, for the Penn State game, if I'm not mistaken. And I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't visit in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's playing basketball. Jeffrey, he's playing basketball okay. right now. Otherwise, he might have already been. He's he's gonna start taking visits again in March, is what he told Chad Simmons of on three. Looks like he's been a lot to Florida. Believe it or not, he's been to Michigan State four times. Florida already wow. has a, a Florida already has a five star twenty twenty four oh, yeah. guy. Don't they? I think 2024, so. Yeah. Right? They yeah, do. DJ Lagway. So I think yeah. they're kind of. But yeah, he's you know. been to Clemson three times, been to Tennessee three times, Georgia a couple of times. Yep, and Georgia's hot on the uh, Dominique. How do you say his last name? It's, it's, it's oh, with an R. You're talking about Dylan Raola? Dylan Raola, that's it. I apologize, I said Dominique. His father obviously was an all pro oh, center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but he's the, he's the number one quarterback in the entire class, and it looks like he's yeah. turning towards Georgia at this time. So it's lining up to be an Auburn-Tennessee battle the way I see it if we go all in as far as that's concerned. But once again, I mean, look, Josh Heupel in that offense, that's a mm-hmm. guy that's been there for two years. He's got it completely rolling. That's not going to be an easy battle by any means. So right. an, another top-tier opponent course, that you have they to just, Tennessee just signed the number one player in the country, and he's a cornerback. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you think that's going to hurt hurt the other team because does a kid want to get in a situation where he's stacked behind other guys? But if Clemson lands Walker White, they've just landed two big-time quarterbacks in the last two classes. He would be a third. So it's kind of like that situation we saw in Alabama. All of a sudden, they started getting one guy after the other. 
So it doesn't always mean doesn't always give you the edge, even though you think a guy would look at it and say, boy, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to go in behind the number one guy in the country from the class before me, and then I'm going to play. Yeah, These I guys are alpha males. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They're, they're complete alpha males. They don't even think about it large. They think that they're better than anybody else on campus the day they step foot on. They, it's they one of those situations. No, they, yeah. they're completely wired to think they're the guy. And their, mommies so, and daddies, their mommies and daddies think about it, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you hope they do. But it depends uh, on – They do. <laughs> but yeah. how much of a factor are they in the recruitment? Go ahead, Jeffrey. I'm sorry. I was, gonna, I was just going to point out what Keith had mentioned earlier, but this is the second year in a row should Walker White uh, commit to Clemson that Clemson has gotten Auburn's top quarterback target. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Debo's pretty good in, uh, in quarterback battles. And, look, when you've had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence that you can sell yeah. as proof of concept, and you also are bringing in Garrett Riley, who might be the hottest offensive coordinator in all of college football, whether he's the best, that's debatable. I mean, I think Auburn's got a fantastic offensive coordinator in Philip Montgomery, and they do very similar things. But Garrett Riley's name being associated with his brother Lincoln Riley is as hot as it possibly can be. I mean, it was just – Look, it's an attractive situation at Clemson right now. No, no shame. And if we do lose that battle to them, look, hat tip to Davo. We can still go get a very good quarterback in Jake Merklinger. And I don't think there's that much difference in between the two, if we're being completely honest from an evaluation standpoint. The only difference is name. So when that one, you get your quarterback on the board, you get all the momentum back as far as that concerns. So you're, you're, you're using a soft G, Merklinger, Merklinger. Mark Linzer. I yes. think, if I recall, I think I asked him last year when he was at Auburn, by the way. He did visit Auburn last year. And he, I think he said Merklinger. But I Mark don't Linger? remember. I don't remember. Man, we can't trust Jay Head with these pronunciations. No, bro. No. I'm just going to call him Mert. We're, we're going to go that route. Has he, has he gotten the Penn State game entirely out of his head, or is he going to need sh- some shock therapy? That was the – maybe it was the week before Penn State. When Penn State was September oh. – he came September 17th. I can't remember which game it was. It, it, it was I, think probably, was, I think that was Penn I think State. it was Penn State. That actually yeah. wasn't – when I talked to him, it was a different day, too. I think he was there for maybe the A-Day game or something of that nature. I thought you talked to him about oh. camp there, Cole. It, oh, I, camp. I'm sure it, was, it was last yeah. summer. It was last yeah, year. He was, yeah, he was there at camp, um, had a really impressive showing, and actually has a very good relationship with Holden Gardner, our current quarterback. Yeah, uh, on the roster. So, the same you know, school? different schools, same town. Okay. Yeah. Guys, this brings up a, an interesting point, though. You know, they're, they are behind for, for 2024. They just got here, especially quarterbacks who have been, I mean, Clemson, I know they just hired Garrett Riley, but Dabo's been recruiting this guy for a long time. Walker White. So they are behind, and quarterbacks decide early. It doesn't line up great for you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But they will find they will find somebody. And look, they, you know, I, I, fans want these wins. Though. They, that's the part that uh, kind of stings a little bit. They just they want to see some more of these wins. But they're coming. It's just you got to be patient now. In twenty twenty five, yeah, and in twenty twenty five, what have we seen? Auburn's already kind of marking its territory. Yeah. Offered Antoine Hill Jr. the other day, twenty twenty five, out of uh, Houston County, Georgia. So they're already working on those guys. They're not going to be behind. 
they're not going to be behind on 2025s like they were in 2024. That's another thing, too, that Hugh Freeze brought up in the press conference today was he was talking about how he's been recruiting, recruiting, and he hasn't gotten a chance to see his team and compete with them. But every time he feels like he wants to go do that, he goes, man, but I still got to get – I got to catch up with this 24 class, too. It's like it never ends. And it's almost like he was disappointed because he doesn't get to talk to his team as much as he wants. But that's just the situation. And he said, I knew the situation I was in when I took the job. I already knew that situation because I looked at the roster. So I thought that was pretty transparent. Uh, Cole, when did they say uh, the start of spring practice? Do you, do you know? The 27th of February. Great. Day in the morning. Are you serious? Yeah. Pretty early. Oh, my goodness, man. Yep. February 27th. Okay. So, I, I think the, uh, March is the quiet period, which means recruits can resume visits. Yeah. So, it, it, it'll get kicked back up, man. We're only going to get a couple of weeks here during this quiet or this dead period right um to kind of gather everything get ready for this 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 start because this 2024 class is going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of news it's going to be a lot of wins it's going to be some losses too yeah uh, you, you you don't get in there and fight with the big dogs and not lose some um what do you think jay head somebody says hey man i'm going to give you one wish what position of need in this 2024 class do you want to wish is met? And with whom? You're muted, Jay. I agree, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 2024, because of the amount that we're potentially losing. Linebacker? Yeah, I'm going to go linebacker. That that's oh. I, I'm going to go quarterback of the defense as far as that's concerned. Um, I'm going to take my man out of Tuskegee. Ooh. I need a pass rush specialist from that jot linebacker position. I think he's mm-hmm. a guy that's going to be a high four star before it's all said and done. Yeah. H- help me understand this Jack position, fellas. Yeah, I I learned more about that today. Okay, actually. please help me. And actually, what's interesting is both Josh Aldridge and Jeremy Garrett explained that position to me uh, the exact same way, and they kind of almost duel it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think some of the names that are going to play that Jack position are, are, are Dylan Brooks, uh, maybe Brenton Williams. Where are they lining up? They're going to they're gonna be in like a five technique on the edge, like okay. where an edge would be um, in a stand-up position. Okay. Yep. Uh, and they can drop back into coverage, or they can rush. They can play against the run. It's really similar to what Derek I was going to say. What are what are the differences between a jack and an edge? The difference is you can drop him back into linebacker territory more often. Okay. He is technically that's really the only. That's really the only difference is that some more often than not, Jay had jump in here. And it's a little bit of a different body type. Um, as far as that, as far as that goes, but Cole's right. They're going to walk him up onto the line of scrimmage in that five tech position, which is the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, and or maybe in the in the six, which is the complete C gap. And then they have the ability to bring him from different angles, line him up in different positions. So they're You're not talking, so they're not lined up behind the tackles or anything down here in their linebacker position. No, no. the tackles are either going to be in a three or they're going to be in a four eye or they'll be in a zero or a one. So it really depends on which. So if you're talking defensive tackle, you're going to be in a three, which is the B gap. 
that's the complete B-gap, or you're going to be in the 4-I, which is the inside shoulder of the tackle slanted towards the B-gap. If, so, yeah, if you're the nose guard, you're a zero. You may slide over to the 1, which is the A-gap contingent on if we're in an even or an odd man front. But that jack linebacker is going to be to the edge. He is going to be an edge defender. But the difference is, is how he's utilized in coverage. And they bring a lot of simulated pressures where they're going to drop that defender where you think he's going to be coming off the edge and instead it's going to be an interior linebacker and they're going to loop a guy to take that spot. So it's going to be a lot of disguised blitz or simulated blitz where you think that you're going to be getting five guys coming and it's really yeah. going to be four and you're going to throw into coverage. And, so and it's the, kind of how they're used. The main reason, too, and, and you'll hear this a lot, especially as some of these quotes come out from talking to these coaches today, Ron Roberts, his – Every coach that's worked under him and, and gone off and branched off to other places and used his philosophy, one of them, by the way, is Josh Aldridge. Yes. Uh, when he was defensive coordinator at Liberty, it, it's all about multiple fronts. He does not like to have a four-man huh. front for the entire no. uh, series. He wants to okay. be able to switch into a four-man to a three-man front without having to sub. Mm-hmm. So your jack linebacker can can make so that you happen. four, and he can drop back and give you a – Three, four. Right. That's exactly it, Jeffrey. It's swinging between what you would call an old school four, three, which is more four, two, five now because of the use of the nickel. Right. And then you would drop back into what's a three, three, five because of the nickel. Okay. So it's, it's really contingent on, you know what I mean, what they want to do. But you're right. Pete Golden uses that chaos defense. He is a Ron Roberts protege. Um, Dave Aranda is a Ron Roberts protege. He was actually a defensive coordinator underneath Roberts at Delta State. There are other – there's a handful of guys in the NFL that have come up underneath Roberts. Josh so Aldridge. Yeah, well, Josh yeah. Aldridge mirrored a lot. I don't know that he coached underneath Roberts. He did. But he utilizes a lot of his philosophy. What he said today, this was the direct quote. He said, I copied and pasted <laughs> his defense into my defense at Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> And Liberty was one of the more aggressive defenses that you saw this year, particularly from slanting and bringing various pressures. Um, they, they were, they definitely created chaos. And so by chaos, when you hear that term, that means a negative play, a tackle for loss, a sack, a fumble, yeah. an interception, something to generate some kind of negative momentum for the offense. That's Le- what they talk about when they're talking about creating chaos. Liberty led the nation in last year. Yes, in tackles for loss, absolutely. And sacks. They were, I think they were number three or two in sacks, or maybe the other way around, but top five in both. <laughs> so. That would be nice uh, because we've been on a downward slope since 2019 as far as the analytics are concerned with regard to creating negative plays on defense. Right. Now, I think we saw an uptick this past year underneath Jeff Schmetting, but we need to take a massive step forward if we're going to, you know, put some more W's on the board. Right. Uh Man, I, I, I like to see the uh, – so because I'm used to this. I, when I was growing up, everybody ran the 4-3, right? And then here comes yeah. this 3-4. And four, then, four. you know, here's the nickel and here's the dime. And, you know, it, I mean, hell, I, I was, we were in the wing T, big dog. You had a strong safety, a free safety, two cornerbacks, three linebackers, <laughs> and four down linemen. Yep. Uh, so I, I, seen that, I seen that picture of you uh, blocking for somebody, Jeffrey. Oh, really? Yeah, you remember that that picture of you playing as a kid? I think you were blocking for the the running back or something. You put it on the board. I, I, I didn't block for people. People blocked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I had it back. When, when I played youth football, I just remember we'd break the huddle and we'd say six three, ready break. 
So we were playing a six three defense. I was one of the yeah. I was one of the two guys at the back end at uh, four foot four foot eleven and four foot eleven and seventy three pounds back in there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Play the old guard and tackle. Well, uh, well, I tell you what, man, we're going to uh, we're going to continue this. Uh, the recruiting, and I tell you what, we're going to do for this show during this dead period, man. We're gonna we're gonna come up with a theme each week. I'm yeah. Give, uh, hey, look, I want three people to let's talk about these three guys. Let's you look at these two guys. We'll, we'll start uh, because there there aren't any visits now. February first is here. Mm-hmm. Second is here. February third is here. So there's going to be no more visits. As Cole said, spring practice will be starting at the end of the month. We'll be looking forward to that. There's going to be a lot of recruits coming in to get a, get a peek at this team, at this coaching staff, and see how they're headed. Uh, any uh, – how about you this week, fellas? I have three. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I was ready for this. Um, so, right after junior day, I, I had to get on a plane and yeah. go to Orlando. That's where I did the show from. Anyway, on the plane – Weird flight if we don't. Yeah, right. On the plane, dude next to me goes, hey, Auburn Live on three? Like, yeah. yeah. He goes, man, I've been on the fence about joining y'all. I said, well, do it. Do it right now. <laughs> do it. And he did. He joined us. That's Jay Velotis is his uh, username. So shout okay. out to him. Um, <laughs> hold on, HSV. hold on. What, what, what's HSV? Who was the first one, Cole? I'm sorry. J, it's just the letter J. Velotis yeah. is V-E-L-O-T-A-S. V e l o t e s t a s. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got the comments on these two. HSV Tiger. I posted uh, about Jeremiah Cobb's speed yesterday. I had an article about that where guys were talking about how fast he was. HSV Tiger replied, "Agreed. He is fast. I raced him in the hundred meter, and I only won by ten ten meters. That kid has wheels." <laughs> HSV then, got the, got the speed, man. No doubt. That was good. And then it was Ace's Fool uh, because he said if he was a mutant D lineman that had a chance to commit to Auburn, he would commit to Alabama first and then flip to Auburn on signing day. Oh, that was that's a strategy. <laughs> that was, that, that's a great strategy. No hey, doubt. Keith, we have watched the sunset over your shoulder. You are now – I want you to get home. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the other side now. <laughs> You know, and then and then I thought I had it muted and didn't have it muted, so you guys are hearing all this background noise. <laughs> yeah, all those cat calls. I'm sorry, I just, I just want to apologize to everybody listening for all the whistles I was getting from the students, the female students at the University of Tampa. Um, he was rocking his shorts. Yeah, now I'm <laughs> with his dad bod. Yeah. Now, yeah, now I'm tying my shoes. Yeah, no, it's... I have no outbouchies this week. Okay. But, you know, there's one guy that's always just so complimentary of, of us. Is it Tyler Justice? Is, is that the one? Yeah. Oh, he's one of them, yeah. No? Okay. Yeah, that's uh, him. Give, give him a little outbouchie then. I'm asking the TJ. I got two of them. Okay. So we're going to go stats don't matter. All right. I uh, had some really great stuff this week, and then I'm also going to go with the basketball recruiting staff here at Auburn. You don't need to be on the board for me to give you a how about you. Mm. I don't know how anybody understands how difficult it is to land two top 30 prospects in the country. But when I was at school at Auburn, the top recruit we ever got was Marco Killingsworth, followed okay. by Cavante Barber. Good players, top 100 players, not top 30. 
Yeah. Insane recruiting right now. Uh, hey, I, my, uh, how about you to Ira Bowman to be more specific. There you go. Ira Bowman was incredible with the hot pepper. This dude, I, I hope to have a little bit more on Ira, man. He has signed Sharif Cooper, Isaac Okoro, uh, yes. Barry Smith, all first-round guys for Auburn. He doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. He is a fantastic – he's he he got a commitment from this kid from New Jersey. He got yes. a kid from New Jersey that want to come to Auburn and play Keith Meacher's – there you go, B-Dolph. Got a kid come from New Jersey. Yes, to that, come to great. Auburn, Alabama. Yes, and uh, play basketball at Auburn. Yes. You was unheard of ten years ago. Hey, I got, sure. I got, I got several man. Uh, I'll make them quick though. Hey, big, how about you to bring the rain? C Rob ninety. How about you to Coochie Rabbit? Oh, Coochie. Mm. How about you to Albie Freshwater? How about you to Pena eighty seven? How about you to CC five? Spelled out, not numerical. How about you to War Eagle JM? How about you to The Ringer? How about you to Skeletor Prime? How about you to Mason B? How about you to AU True? And a special how about you to Rev Carlton 007, man. He posted that he uh, he had lost his son. I mean, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. he lost his father on January the 29th, 2021. And mm-hmm. on January 29th, 2023, two years later, he was able to baptize his son. Meant a lot to him. We appreciate him sharing with that, sharing us with, sharing that yeah. with us, man. How about you, Rev, Rev Carlton? We appreciate you, big dog. Double O seven. All right, folks, we're gonna end it up there, man. We're gonna be back next week, Sunday night, of course, the call-in show. You guys can di- dictate what we talk about. Give us a call. Give us a comment. Um, we'll be on our YouTube channel, man. We appreciate everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. For Keith, for Pink, for J Head, for Zach in the back. I'm Jeffrey Lee, man. Y'all stay out of that left lane. See ya. <laughs>